Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Somebody alert Chicken Little because the sky is most definitely falling. At least that's the opinion you'll get if you talk to the majority of Tennessee Titans fans following a 16-15 loss at New England or at New Orleans, excuse me, in uh, in week 1, a game that uh, that featured some predictably good defense, some surprisingly subpar play from quarterback Ryan Tannehill, uh a a a settling performance, I guess, from recently acquired kicker Nick Folk. If uh, if you're looking for bright spots, uh, you know he seems to have calmed the waters on that front. But uh, but a game certainly the Titans could have won had their chances to win. Uh, and there's an opportunity there late to second guess head coach Mike Vrabel's decision making, I guess, and. Uh, um, a, a lot to sort of unpack there. We will get to it as much of as much of it as we can in this episode of the Believe in Titans podcast, and uh, and also look ahead a little bit to this week's game against the Los Angeles Chargers. As usual, I am David Beauclair, joined by former Titans cornerback Denard Walker. Denard, how are you? I'm doing well this evening, David. How you doing? I am doing great. And uh, John Glennon of the Nashville Post. John, how are you? I'm doing well, sir. Let's start. Uh, let's start just sort of your uh, you, you, your overall just feeling about uh, about the Titans after one game. John, uh, do you do, do you feel like the, the Titans are a bad team and there's more of this to come? Do you do you feel like. There's a there's a good team in there that just didn't didn't show enough of itself on Sunday. What 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 what's sort of your takeaway from the uh, from the visit to New Orleans? Yeah, I, w- I would say that there are some some questions that the, the Titans had going into the game. You know, some of them certainly still linger. I think. Um, you know, one of them. Um, you know, we we wondered if the Titans' pass defense was going to be better. They finished number thirty two. Last year, we thought, okay, you know, what can they do? They've got a new DBs coach. Uh, uh, you know, will things get better there? Well, we didn't. We didn't see a, a great performance on that front. Offensive line was still another uh, question, and I'd say that's that was kind of a mixed bag. Uh, you know, gave up a, a fair share of pressures. You know, it was decent in the run game, so it could have been worse. I think offensive line wise, uh, but you know, I think certainly the biggest question that was raised that we didn't think would be much of a question was was Ryan Tannehill you know and and in his first game uh, with a new offensive coordinator new scheme etc played you know what could only be described as, as one of the worst games of his career um you know three picks no TDs and um you know I think a 28.8 quarterback rating so that was a, a, a stunner uh you know and that's one of the the you know the the columns or the categories where you figured okay the Titans or at least pretty well set here. Uh, you know, Ryan Tannehill had a good camp. He's a veteran quarterback. That's one thing you don't really have to worry about. But if you have to worry about that going forward, you know, then then you've got some really serious issues on your hands. So 
I'm sure we'll talk more about it here, but uh, you know that that's one thing that has to get cleared up very, very quickly. Denard, you know you know what it's like to to lose the opener. I'm sure it feels a, a little bigger to be zero and one than uh, than than maybe some other losses. But uh, what what do you assume the the Titans players are talking about this week? What kinds of things are they looking at and saying? You know, if we just did this a little better, it would have it would have been a different game. Well, it's the first game of the season. Uh, let's not forget two years ago, David, this is a team that got blown out by Arizona and Nashville, and they could have easily started the season 0-2. Then it, with Seattle, they took them down to overtime, and then they ended up welling in, in a, with the latter part of the season with a six-game winning streak. Yeah. So all of a sudden, they had their best record, uh, and sometimes they end up winning the AFC. Listen, this is the first game of the season. And what I saw Sunday, I'm very optimistic about this team. This is a good football team. If you're Mike Vrabel, you're sitting back saying, we're good. We are good. If you look at, um, I mean, take defense, for instance. This defensive line of Jeffrey Simmons, Danico Autry, Arden Key, Tierra Tart, Harold Landry, this is the best defensive line in the business. They absolutely took it to the Saints offense. We, I think I the New York Jets might argue with you, but oh, come the on. Titans are in the conversation so right now. Yes, there you go. Talking about one of those East Coast guys. But when, you look, oh, but when you look at this team, when you look at this defense, and I thought the secondary played well, other than the uh, bomb at the end of the game on Christian Fulton, uh, that was really the one big play that Derek Carr had the whole game. I mean, they had him neutralized. They had him running out of the pocket. And then offensively, they were in the red zone, David, several times. Again, there's a motto, David, that field goals keep you in the game. TDs is what wins you in the game. So now if you're Tennessee, you know that you when you get in the red zone, you have to uh, do like you did last year, and you have to show, hey, we're one of the best red zone teams in the business. So, again, that's stuff that you can clean up. And when you are coaching, you know that you can clean those little things up. Again, it, it just it, it galvanizes you because you know that you're better than that in, in the way that you perform Sunday. And, and, you know, to your point, this is this is not the first time the Titans have lost in week one under Mike Vrabel. And, and if if Mike Vrabel's tenure, which is five years plus a game now, has shown us anything, it is that he and his staff have a knack for fixing things. This is this is the third year in a row they've lost in week one, fourth time in six tries overall. You, all you have to do is go back to last year a one-point loss to the Giants in week one, and then they get blown out by Buffalo in week two, and, and everybody's thinking, well, this team is terrible. This, this team is over. And they uh, you know, they came back and won their next five after that, after uh, after starting 2021 at one and one, you know, which, which you talked about with the uh, split with the Cardinals and the and the Seahawks. They, they won eight of their next nine after that. You go back to uh, his first season, in uh in 2018 they lost their opener they won their next three games so this 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 is a staff that that can identify the things that didn't maybe get to where they needed to be in training camp for whatever reason and and get them fixed and and move on and and I think I think if you're looking for a reason to be optimistic if you know we'll look on the sunny side of this for a little bit here to start your quarterback played that poorly and you only lost by a point. It, you know, it, it, Ryan Tannehill doesn't have to play a whole lot better for this team to win games. And and certainly the expectation is that uh, 
that he will uh, he he will play better. But I mean, let, let's look at Tannehill a little bit more now because you, you see it on social media. There's already people debating whether or not uh, the, the Titans should make a switch to Malik Willis or Will Levis and say. Uh, say that that they've moved on there's there's zero chance i think we would all agree of that happening you know mike vrabel showed good patience and a good feel in 2019 for sort of when to make the make the change when he went from mariota to to Tannehill. so uh uh john as 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 you looked at it what uh you know what what was Tannehill's biggest issue on sunday or, or biggest couple issues uh uh, and how how confident are you that he you know this this was just an outlier of a performance for him? Yeah, it was really a head scratcher to me. You know, I, I thought Tannehill had a, had a good camp. You know, I, I thought um, you know he he looked like he was forming a good bond, a good connection uh, with DeAndre Hopkins. I, I thought highly of that that uh, situation there. Um, but you know, as as you look at the, uh, the the various interceptions, the three interceptions. Uh, the one, the first I thought was the worst uh, to me because he was just throwing into double coverage, deep into double coverage. And I guess he wanted to give DeAndre Hopkins a chance to bring it down. But you can't do that in, in double coverage. Uh, second one, second interception I thought was borderline pass interference. So maybe we'll give him a little, little pass there. Third interception, uh, you know, I, I thought was a misunderstanding between he and Hopkins. Looked like uh, Tannehill was expecting a back shoulder a back shoulder throw to Hopkins. Hopkins continued on a go route uh, and, and you know, and was picked off. But, you know, kind of the, the troubling thing was it, w- it was more than just those three passes where you, you were wondering what was going on with Ryan Tannehill because, you know, he missed two pass plays that should have been touchdowns. Open receivers well downfield, Chigo Conquo, Tajay Spears. And in addition to that, there were at least a couple of passes Kind of those sideline out routes that were very nearly uh, picked off. Uh, you know, it could have been worse, uh, in in my opinion. So, you know, were there contributing factors? Yeah, I, I mentioned some of them. And then also, you know, I think you have to look at the fact, you know, O-line, newly assembled O-line, they're playing in the Superdome first game. They gave up a lot, a lot of pressure early. And maybe that starts affecting Tannehill early uh, there. Number two, it's the first game under Tim Kelly, new scheme, et cetera, you know, maybe working out some some kinks there. And then I, I thought, too, and, and I, I wrote about this earlier, too, I, I thought there were times where he tried too hard to get the ball to DeAndre Hopkins. And I understand you're trying to throw to DeAndre Hopkins. The guy's an all-pro receiver that you just signed. Uh, and he expects that he's been a high-volume guy throughout his career. But too much, I thought. You know, there were 13 targets. Um, you know, and 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 at the expense of other guys too. Burks only gets three targets, Chig only gets two targets, and, and I just thought he was he was a little too dialed in on Hopkins. Uh, so those were some of the contributing factors. But all in all, it was just such a yeah, it was a, it was a strange uh, thing to see that he was so off. As I say, not only the picks but some other plays as well. Yeah, the the overthrow of Oconquo might have been the most egregious error of all because you know the guy's running wide open and he didn't even give him a chance to catch the ball. It was it was a couple of yards over his head and it was a uh, it, it 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 certainly was statistically an unusual performance. It's only the eighth time in Tannehill's career, only the second time with the Titans that he's ever thrown three interceptions in a game. The the uh, 
the the passer rating of 28.8 which you referenced earlier John is is the worst of his career there's only one other quarterback in the league this week who uh who threw at least three interceptions and and was sacked five times Tannehill was one of them the other was Josh Allen of the Buffalo Bills and anyone who saw that game on Monday night knows how terrible Josh Allen played too and uh you know for Tannehill to to be in the same neighborhood as him can't uh can't be a good feeling uh you know Denard this is you know this is a guy who's who's in a contract year probably wants to keep playing if it's not with the Titans it, it's somebody else you know, could that be a factor or, or, you know, can, does he just chalk it up to a bad day and say, uh, that's not going to happen again? Well, Ryan is a pro David, and let's not forget it's the first game of the season. And for a lot of the starters, this is their first game. I mean, this is their first actual game plan. And I don't believe in any excuses, but for me as a former player, what I saw Sunday is, and we talked about this going into the game, is that a quarterback can't do it alone. And when you're pretty much flushed out of the pocket about 80% of the game, let's, let's look, give, you got to give Joe Woods, the defensive coordinator for New Orleans Saints, some credit. He got his guys ready. That defense played excellent. If you look at Andre Dillard, Bron Skill, Aaron Brewer, Peter Skaronsky, Chris Hubbard, they were outplayed Sunday by that Saints front. Cam Jordan, Nathan Shepard, uh, Kalen Saunders, Chaunders, and Carl Granderson. They outplayed that unit. That's what happened. And anytime you have a quarterback that can't sit in the pocket, he has to roll out. He can't go through his progressions. That's a win for the defense. And when you can't capitalize in the red zone, look at this. He was sacked three times. He had three interceptions. They were, what, 10 of 12 on third downs. You won't win like that. And when you have several trips in the red zone and you only come away with, what, 12 points, 12 of the 15, because one of those field goals were from, from 52. You're not going to win in this game. And that's what happened Sunday. Ryan can't do it alone. And, yes, and I agree with you, David. I think he made some some bad decisions is trying to force a lot of those passes in there to D-Hop. You know, Paulson Adebo, when he caught that pick on D-Hop uh, on the sideline, that was great coverage. Give the Saints secondary, Marshawn Lattimore, give those players some credit. They came out and absolutely took it to the Titans in all phases. And and when you look at when you look, we don't talk about special teams. Let's talk about the block punt that was in the red zone. That was huge because that block punt led to three points. So again, they had chances in the game. They just blew it. And so again, when you Mike Vrabel, you know I can clean this up. Yeah, and, and you, I, I do need to correct myself. You pointed it out there. Tannehill was only sacked three times. He and Allen were the only two who were sacked at least three times through three interceptions. Allen was the one who was sacked five times. And, uh, so he had, he had actually a much worse performance, I think, in some, some ways than, than Tannehill did. Um, John referenced this. Uh, DeAndre Hopkins was targeted 13 times. In that game, in in the Titans era, that's from the start of the 1999 season to now, he is now only the 13th wide receiver who uh, for this team who has been targeted at least that many times in a game. He's he's now done it as many times for the Titans as as Kenny Britt did, as Nate Washington did, as Kendall Wright did. Um, you know, Derek Mason has the most such games of of that with uh, with ten of them when uh, when he was when he was rolling and, and putting up huge numbers, obviously Denard, uh, uh, you know, as, as the guy who understands the passing game 
easily the best among the three of us. Did did it look like Tannehill was was forcing the ball to him at times and, and going out of his way to to try and get it there, or is is that what he should have been doing most of the day? No, he was forcing it. And you know what happens when a quarterback is trying to force the ball into a receiver? Typically, that's a new receiver. He's in a new system. He's a star. And what you're trying to do is get him implemented into the game plan early. The problem with that, John and David, is that half of the time he was not open. I talk about the pick by Paulson Adebo. Paulson Adebo, we talked about him a few years ago. I remember he was coming out of Stanford as men, uh, potential uh player that I thought the Titans would target. He is an amazing cornerback, 6'1", 200 pounds. He had D-Hop blanketed. And I don't know how Ron could have thrown a back shoulder pass the way that he was playing that coverage. Joe Woods had his secondary ready. Now, what Ron tried to do in a lot of those passes, we were talking about what Chig was wide open. He was forcing it. And that's something we haven't seen from Tannehill in a while. We know he, one of the things you love about Ron, Ron Tannehill is very smart with the football. Yes, he will make some bad decisions, but it was like the whole game, he kept trying to force the ball in there. When you look at the end, kind of the fourth quarter, when they was kind of mounting that comeback, when the Saints went up and the Titans had that nice drop, you saw him really working Nick Westbrook on those out routes. He was putting the ball right on the money. He wasn't forcing anything. And that's what you got to do. He has to remember that, yes, I know we pay D-Hop a lot of money to make plays in this offense, but I got to sometimes find the open man. It might be Nick Westbrook Akini. It might be Chig. Don't just rely on D-Hop and forget the other players in your offense. And that sometimes happens when a, with a veteran quarterback, he hooks up with a veteran receiver. Yeah, and 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 it's interesting, John. You referenced the uh, the third interception, uh, and Jason McCourty on the on the television or the telecast, excuse me, did a good job breaking down what happened there and said that the the play call probably was for a back shoulder throw, but Hopkins got half a step on the defensive back, and at that point, you're not throwing back shoulder. He's going to keep going, and he's expecting the ball to come over the top, and uh, and and Tannehill threw the back shoulder for whatever reason anyway and uh and it and it and it became uh it became a turnover so um you know seven catches 65 yards no touchdowns obviously john is that a is was that a successful debut for deandre hopkins given that uh we didn't see him at all in the preseason he, he didn't have a full off season with the team or or was uh, uh was that disappointing you think uh, I think probably somewhere in between, um, you know, it certainly wasn't great though. Uh, you know, that that's just not efficient enough, you know, uh, seven out of 13, uh, you know, that, that's a ton of targets, which is okay when, when you're getting, you know, 10 or 11 catches out of it, but you know, seven and only for 65 yards and average about nine yards per reception uh, is, is not great. And some of the other numbers kind of point out, I think, that, that Hopkins needs to be better in terms of separation. You know, the, the NFL's next-gen stats, uh, average separation, you know, when, when balls were, were thrown to him was just two yards, was a, which is a yard below the NFL average. Uh, you look at contested catches. He had four contested uh, passes thrown his way, only came down with one of them. And the last number uh, for, for me, six yards after the catch, Catch on seven catches for, for DeAndre Hopkins gives you a pretty good idea that he was pretty well covered, wasn't running free uh, too many too many times out there. So 
you know, encouraging that, uh, you know, he, he was, there was certainly an effort put into to throwing him a lot of passes. I think that's a good thing uh, in general. But I, I think, you know, I, I, Ryan Tannehill, I didn't come out and said as much, but I think the, the sense was Ryan Tannehill really felt that in training camp that he and Dean Andre Hopkins were on the same page. They were making a lot of plays. Uh, there seemed to be a good good connect there. And I just didn't see that connect um, in in this game. You know, we mentioned that that sideline interception. You know, we saw the reaction Ryan Tannehill had. You know, immediately he's putting his hands up to his helmet like that. And then the cameras kind of cut him over the sideline. I'm sure you guys probably saw this too. And he had the iPad and he and he's looking at the play and he's throwing the iPad down after that. So clearly a lot of frustration. And maybe that's again, this is one game they've had together, and and you know that they need to work some things out. I was encouraged today. Ryan Tannehill said that on Monday got together with all the receivers, sat down with them, went over tape, said, "Look, this is what I'm expecting on this." Uh, and this is what I'm seeing, you know, just to try to get everything on the on the on the same page uh, going forward. The, the slight downside today: neither Burks nor Hopkins practiced. Burks had a personal matter, and and Hopkins is already dealing with an ankle injury that he apparently suffered at the end of the game uh, on Sunday. Yeah, that that uh, that's the last thing the uh, the Titans need is for that guy to uh, to to be slowed at all right now. But uh, um, you know, it, it's. At least, you know, no one can say the Titans ignored him. This was certainly not a Randy Moss situation by any stretch of the imagination. In sort of one of the, I'll call it an amusing development. You know, everybody's always looking for okay, what can the what can the Titans do to to help lighten Derrick Henry's load a little bit, and and how do they how do they not overuse him and and what have you? And everybody was was so excited about Tajay Spears coming out of the uh, coming out of the preseason, and and then you get into game one, and what happens? Tajay Spears plays thirty four snaps to Henry's thirty, and Henry finishes with 63 yards on 15 carries, plus he had a, a couple of receptions, one of them a, a, a screen that he turned into a big gain, and everybody's screaming, why didn't they give the ball to Derrick Henry some more? Um, you know, Mike Vrabel talked about it, said uh, some first down penalties led to some some personnel changes at, at times where Henry would have normally been on the field. They, you know, some some down and dis some other down and distance situations that uh, that that were not favorable. Uh, Denard, I, I guess I'll just ask you plain and simple: Were you comfortable with with the way the Titans used Derrick Henry, or, or should they have leaned? Were there opportunities to lean on him more in that game? Let's just say it won't happen this week, David. <laughs> <laughs> I'm pretty sure Mrs. Strzok went up to the office and said, hey, I'm paying this young man a lot of money. He's referred to as the king. He's our best player. This better not happen. I better not see a rookie as I better not see a rookie with more carries than Derrick Henry. That won't happen this week because you got to get back to your bread and butter, and that's the running game. I was shocked to see that Taji Spears, and I thought at first maybe there was something wrong with Derrick. Maybe he had a little issue because uh, you always think that when you see your star running back not getting that many carries as opposed to the rookie. But, again, I, I like the one-two punch, but this week you got to get back to your DNA. Derrick Henry will have about 35 to 40 um snaps this week. I promise you, you're going to touch that ball. I'm, and But uh, I was a little shocked there. But David, I just wanted to say this, uh, and I have to get this out. Yeah. Because uh, it, Nick Folk 
It's amazing. I, I, I tell you what, that was an amazing performance. I know I don't want to get off topic, but what a, what a gutsy play uh, by the kicking game on both sides. I, I've, I've seen a lot of games, but when both young kickers performed the way that they performed Sunday, David, that was absolutely remarkable. Yeah, I, I thought it. You know, I I thought it was a good day for Rand Carthen and his staff in, in a lot of ways. When you think about it, when you look at some of the new guys who uh, who, who were a part of this team and the way they played, whether it was Nick Folk going five for five on field goals and uh, and, and driving the ball to the end zone on, on kickoff, seemingly whenever he wanted to, um, you know, Pro Football Focus, the highest graded. Tight member of the Titans offense was first round draft pick Peter Skaronsky, your left guard. Uh, you know, Arden Key was, was a, a factor most of the day yeah. in the pass rush. Uh, uh, Sean Murphy bunting forced a fumble. There, you know, there, there was a lot of, uh, there was a lot of good from, from some of the newcomers on this team that, uh, that, that I would think gives Rand Carthen a little bit of confidence that says, Hey, I, yeah, you know, I, I do know what I'm looking for. I do know how to, to identify what we need and, and how to, and how to plug it into this team. Because, uh, I, I mean, obviously anybody could have looked at it and said they, they need a kicker, but, uh, but, it, you know, to, to get a guy who can show up and, and, Two weeks later, go five for five, and and including one in the fourth quarter when when the head coach decides not to go for it on fourth down, make it a one point game, and which which is basically saying I'm going to give you if all goes well, I'm going to give you an opportunity to kick number six and win this game. I mean that's how uh, that's how Mike Vrabel felt about Nick Folk by the uh, by the time he got into the fourth quarter of that game. So uh, yeah, I, I think it's I think it's a it's a fair point you make there. Uh, you, you know, John uh, Tajay Spears for all the for all the playing time he did get I, I don't think he had the impact that people or want, wanted or or hoped. And uh, you know, to Denard's point, do you think that will factor in going forward too? Where you know everybody sort of got a reminder that that hey, this is you know Derrick Henry is our guy, or is this Tim Kelly's offense, and and we can expect more of this for the next seventeen weeks? Yeah, I don't think it'll be this extreme uh, in terms of of you know the snap counts or or. Henry's carries as well. I, I do. I gotta. Uh, I'll laugh, David. I, I completely agree with you when when you when you talk about a large segment of the of the fan base that was you know we cannot keep giving the ball to Derrick Henry twenty five or thirty times a game. You know it's time to change. And then all the, they have a game like this, and then the other first thing here, of course, is what's going on? Why aren't we giving the ball to Derrick Henry twenty five times? But I, I think you know one thing. Uh, uh, I, I do believe that they really like Tajay Spears a lot. Um, you know, there's a guy that, that does have an awful lot of potential, you know, really good speed, uh, you know, can can catch passes, uh, you know, showed some breakaway ability in the in the preseason as well. So I, I don't think he's going away anytime soon. I, I really think they're going to give him a lot of options, but I don't think you can go quite as extreme uh, as this game. I, you know, you look at Derrick Henry's performance, 10 carries, 51 yards at the half everything's going presumably pretty well first two carries go for a total of 10 yards in the second half and then all of a sudden you know it's it's an absence the next three series uh i think he maybe touched the ball maybe once in the next three series one of those series was a pass 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 punt uh, um and uh you know again th- this wasn't a kind of a game where the titans were trying to make up 
two touchdown deficit or anything like that. This was a nip and tuck close game the, the whole time. And Henry never really had a long stretch of, you know, we, we've seen sometimes where Henry will go six carries and just get get nothing. And those are the times you're you're wondering, okay, why aren't why aren't you maybe changing things up a little bit? There was never that situation in this game. You know, he was effective uh, you know, for, for the majority of his carries. So I, I think a little bit more uh, Derrick Henry is in order, but I don't think it's going to go back to last year. I do think that this is a difference uh, that we'll see in Tim Kelly's offense. I think there'll be more Tajay Spears. I think there'll be more passing. But when you look at a close game and the, and the Titans threw 40 passes and ran 19 times, I don't think we're going to see that uh, again anytime soon. Yeah, and, and uh, I mean, unless they're uh, unless they're winning and they're they, they get into the four minute mode with you know eight minutes to play in the game, that sort of thing, which which seems unlikely this Sunday as we spin this thing forward. Now you you've got the uh, you've got the Chargers coming to town for the uh, for the home opener. Denard, if if you're if you're playing cornerback on this team and and you're looking at uh, Justin Herbert throwing to uh, to Keenan Allen on one side to Mike Williams on another side to the 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 rookie Quentin Johnston now working in there uh, big tight end Gerald Everett you've got Austin Eckler who is one of the uh, one of the best receiving backs in the league coming out of there how much uh, you know how much of a problem. Does this team pose, particularly for a defense that, that gave up 300-plus passing yards this past Sunday? Well, because we know what the Chargers are capable of. We saw the game last year. Tennessee played them well. Uh, they did a great job at containing Justin Herbert. They did a great job at shutting down uh, players like Keenan Allen. We thought last year this was going to be a debauchery, but it didn't end up like that. Tennessee had a chance to win that game. So if you're Tennessee, you do what you did last year. And when, David, the way that you approach this season is that you have to understand what's your DNA. And you're not worried about what everybody, you know, another team is doing. And that's what Tennessee has to, uh, they got to play that way Sunday. This is a good football team, David. This is this is a team that as poorly as they played offensively, they still had a chance to win this game. Let's Let's not forget. Let's not forget about this New Orleans team. Now, this is a good football team. They didn't have their first touchdown until what a minute twenty-five in the third yeah. quarter. That's that's an, you, you understand how hard that is, and you got a hundred million dollar quarterback in Derek Carr. So again, if you're that defense, if you're big man Jeffrey Simmons, if you're Denico Autry, says no, 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 no. This is the way we play. We dictate the course of the game. That's how you win in this league. You don't adjust to other people. You make the teams adjust to you. Yeah, but but John, we referenced the Denar or the DeAndre Hopkins injury earlier. Christian Fulton dealing with a, a a hamstring injury to start this week, which is is nothing new to him. Amani Hooker, who played well Sunday, is in the concussion protocol. There, there's no telling what's uh, what what's going to happen with him. It, it, what what are the chances that this this secondary is going to be at full strength for to to go against this passing game? And and I guess that that begs the question: Then how much more important does the pass rush become? Yeah, I, I kind of have my doubts, especially when it when it comes to uh, Amani Hooker and the concussion protocol. You know, it seems like more often than not in recent years, um, you know, players in concussion protocol have generally missed at least one game. It seems, you know, we have, it seems like we've seen less of, okay, he had a concussion, he gets better during the week, he's back out there. So I don't know. I, I kind of have my doubts as to whether we see him. Uh, Christian Fulton was 
did practice but was limited today. Didn't do much in, in the uh, portion that was open to media. That's touch and go. And it's got to be a, a crushing blow for Christian Fulton, who focused so much of his offseason, you know, training down in Florida on, on exactly that, trying to rid himself of these soft tissue, of these hamstring injuries. And all of a sudden it pops up again in, in week one. Um, so I think, you know, this could be a, a week that, that that depth gets tested right away. And we're talking about maybe, you know, an Elijah Molden at, at, at safety, um, you know, and, and certainly some of the other cornerbacks, you know, like, like a Trey Avery and, and uh, Kendall Vildor. I, I think I have his name right uh, at, at cornerback as well. You know, I think they're going to be tested. It was interesting. The Chargers, you know, in, in that game against Miami, they didn't throw the ball all over the park. You know, uh, Justin Herbert threw for like 230 yards, but they ran the ball uh, a, a ton. They had 234 rushing yards. Austin Eckler went 117. Uh, Joshua Kelly had 91 yards on on the ground. Um, So, you know, kind of a a change of pace from the Chargers. I'm sure the Titans would love for the Chargers to once again emphasize the run uh, against the Titans uh, because, of course, that is the Titans' strength. I doubt that'll happen, though. I suspect we'll we'll, we'll see the, the Chargers go back to what's been their bread and butter over the last few years. And that's Justin Herbert throwing a, an awful lot of passes against a, a you know a, a passing D that um, you know needs to step up after last week's performance. Yeah, and, and I mean, just plain and simple, I'm hard pressed to imagine anybody running for 200 plus yards against this defensive front. Uh, you know, Jeffrey Simmons makes that I would think almost impossible. And and when when you when you saw what you know, the, the success that the Saints had, you know, even though they didn't get to the end zone, Derek Carr completed just shy of 70% of his passes. I, I, I'm guessing that they're going to go into this thinking throwing the ball is is our best bet. The, uh, you know, that, that means Ryan Tannehill is going to have to play significantly better. I mean, as we wrap this thing up, this is this is the question. Are, are the Titans going to win this game or are they going to fall to 0-2 for the second straight year? Uh, I'll start it. And uh, after after my muted optimism last week, I, I, I'm less so this week. And I'm going to I'm gonna say the Titans can't keep pace. And uh, although I, I, I'll say I will, I will add this caveat. I do not trust Brandon Staley as a head coach in the NFL. When it comes to, if this thing comes down to any sort of coaching decisions, Mike Vrabel has a gigantic advantage over, uh, over Brandon Staley. If it's, if it's something, if it's a matter of just the players going out and playing and, and which, you know, both of them play to their potential, I, I don't see how the, the Titans can match up. So I'm going to, I'm going to call the Chargers 27 to 20 in this one. Uh, Denard, what, what do you think happens Sunday? I think the Titans win, and this is the reason why, John, because last year this secondary was decimated by injuries. They had Trey Avery. They had a rookie cornerback, Roger McCurry. Remember Josh Kalu, the great uh, play by Roger McCurry, uh, Ali ooping it back to Kalu and last year. So they was depleted in the secondary, and they held this Chargers team, let me see, with seven points in the first half, 10 points in the second half. Mike Vrabel plays well. Again, his defense will be ready. The Titans will win this game Sunday. They will win it defensively like they almost won last year, David. Said with conviction. Yes. John Glennon, you get the final word on this one. What happened Sunday? Yeah, I think it'll be close. Uh, I don't see it one-sided, but I, I'm uh, kind of lean towards what, what you were thinking, David. I think it's going to be tough for this Titans offense 
to score enough points to keep up with the Chargers offense that that really can light it up. Um, so I will probably go along the same lines. I'll, I'll go maybe a 24-17 final uh, for the Chargers, you know, and until proven otherwise, think, you know, two things that have to be proven are that the Titans can score and that they can be stop a good passing attack. And we haven't seen a whole lot of that in the last, uh, you know, in the last year or so. Yeah, they're they're gonna have to they're gonna have to keep everything in front of them. They just they cannot give up the big plays in this game because Chargers have guys who uh, who can who can make the big plays. So, but we will uh, we we will see how it all plays out. And uh, and, and afterward, this same time next week, we will be back with uh, to discuss what happened and and look ahead to week three. So until then. This is the Believe in Titans podcast. As always, we thank you for listening. We thank you, John Glennon. Thank you. Thank you, Denard Walker. Thank you. And thank you, everybody, for listening. Until next week, we'll talk to you then. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.